Good evening, friends. Very happy to be here again tonight to serve in the name of the Lord Jesus. Brother Ballard and the, the staff there were just looking down la- laughing, and I didn't know what it was, and Brother Ballard brought me <laughs> the cutest little Indian baby just about so high, waddling around on the floor. That's mighty fine. At last time at the reservation, an uh, Indian lady come out with a baby and her little basket on her back, and I played with it a little bit, and I said, Give it, would you give it to me? And my, her eyes shined up. All right, but don't take the baby. <laughs> well, the Lord willing, we're going up on the reservation tomorrow afternoon at 2 o'clock to minister to real Americans, the Indians. The Lord bless. I hope we have a meeting up there like we did the last time about seven years ago. I tell you, there's never been a meeting that I've ever had that I, that I didn't think of that meeting, the humble faith of the Indian people. And I a lot of times thought that someday I'd like to go around the whole United States and just visit nothing but Indian reservations and praying for the Indians around from place to place. If I get a hold of enough missionaries, maybe, to get some something behind me to say if they sponsor the, or so I could get in, they don't have to sponsor nothing, but I mean, if they just get into the reservation with the Indians. Not long ago in Los Angeles, California, was having a great meeting out there where we're going now to the stock exhibit. Many, many thousands of people gathered out. One night, I happened to notice and all the whole sections of the people, and it was a Crow Indian from way up around Little Bighorn River. I passed through the reservation a few days after that on my road to Canada. I thought I'd sure like to have a meeting up here for those people. They seem to be so simple in faith. Just believe it. They don't try to figure anything out. They just take your word for it and go on. I like that. It's too bad we ever got away from that, isn't it? That's the simplicity of it. Now, tonight is the last night until Sunday afternoon for the auditorium service this year because I thank our beloved friends, the Shriners, may be using their auditorium on Saturday night. And we certainly give away in respects to that and very happily to do it. And may the Lord bless them as our sincere prayer. And now, announcing some meetings uh, over the city, I find out that I see many signs out revivals. If you'll just lay your little ticket up where you're having a revival, we'd be glad to announce it. This morning I was at the Assemblies of God Church for the morning meeting where uh, we had a lovely service. I was listening at the evangelist. I can't think of the man's name. Hagen. Brother Hagen. Very reliable teacher. Pastor, a lovely man. They were very sorry at this having revival during time of our campaign. But they've had it staged for about a year, and they had to go ahead through with it. So it's perfectly all right, but we want to show them our love, that we love them. We're not divided in this work of the Lord. We're all together. One body are we. Moving on. And uh, every morning at 10 to 11 o'clock, they're having services there, and the Brother Hagin this morning is teaching on divine healing, which had a marvelous message. I sure appreciate it. The first time of knowing ever getting to shake hands with a brother, but a mighty fine man. Over here, I see a little place called the Church of the Living God or something like that. I believe they're having a revival. I don't know who their pastor is, but said services each evening. And I don't know just what their... What what time they have service and so forth. Sunday will be here now. And I, you visitors in here from out of town, from different places, 
Go to some of these good churches somewhere. The pastor's on the platform here representing a brotherhood here of Phoenix. And find you a place to go and go to church somewhere Sunday morning. God willing, we'll be back here Sunday afternoon for an evangelistic message. God will grant it to us on Sunday night. Continue right on in the healing services to end this coming Tuesday, I guess, or Wednesday. Wednesday it is. This coming Wednesday. And we leave Thursday morning for the Angelus Temple in Los Angeles for five nights of service with Brother Roth McPherson and Brother Tiford, the pastor there. And that's uh, be uh, on the scale of inner evangelical. And then the Christian Businessman, Full Gospel Christian Businessman Association internationally is sponsoring a meeting out to the, to the stock exhibit. I think it's between Downey and Southgate, where we was at last year. If you live around about there, have some friends, we'd be glad to see them out to minister in the name of the Lord. Now tomorrow, if you're, I guess it's open to the public, I don't know, to the Indian reservation, the Apache Indians tomorrow afternoon. Isn't there another tribe here called Navajo? Maybe we'd like to get into their reservation one time if we could get a hold of the missionaries somewhere and get a time set. Now tonight, I was thinking that it would be a very good thing. How many people in the building has prayer cards? Let's see your hands. Prayer cards everywhere. Well, that's a good, nice number. Now, we intend to pray for everyone that has prayer cards. We want to do that. That's our, our alternative, is to pray for everyone we give a prayer card. Frankly, we're duty-bound to do it if we give them a prayer card. I can't bring them all through the lines, as you see. My strength becomes depleted quickly after a few visions. And then I can't get to them all that way. It's based upon my meetings. They're not based upon a personal contact with each one. It's based upon the exaltation of the Lord Jesus Christ in the resurrection. That people may, by hearing the word preached, then they will believe on the Lord Jesus and he in his resurrecting power coming into our midst and doing the very same things that he did when he was here on earth as a, as a, a vindication of his everlasting omnipotence that he shared with us and will be forever. We'll never be without the Lord. Christian believers, forever and forever we are associated with him for eternity. Isn't that wonderful? Associated with Lord Jesus Christ forever. I'll be with you always. I like that, don't you? And it's wonderful. And now, we, my meeting is based that way, that the believers just look and live. Now, Brother Osborne, very fine man. I think he's been here in Phoenix. Tommy Osborne, one of the finest little brothers that you ever met. And Brother Oral Roberts, I believe it is, and um, many other of the evangelists who prays for the sick, oh my, there are many of them. They come into your city, and they have ministries of different types. Some of them is laying on the hands and some anointing with oil, and every bit of it is in the Scripture. That's right. Yes, sir. And they're all God's servants, and they're trying to do the best they can for you. I believe that. I believe that about every man. All up and down the streets is big churches and little missions and everything. There's some people that the big church would catch, 
that the little mission wouldn't catch, that class of people, the mission to catch one, that the other didn't. I want to think that every one of them is fine, wonderful brethren. We might disagree a little bit as servants of the Lord on theology, but that doesn't separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. We all love the Lord. And then they, they're here for lighthouses, for places, so people in their different ways might find the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, tonight, Brother Moore and I were speaking, which is the manager of the meeting, that maybe tonight would be a good time if I come down and just lined up as many of the people as I could, because we don't want to leave it all for the last night, and just bring them through the prayer line praying for them without discernment. How many have seen the discernments? Let's see your hands all over the building, everywhere it's seen it now. Oh my, it's 100%. All right. Now, I'd like to speak a little bit on the Word, and then the people that's got prayer cards, we'll call them. My boy gave me a little slip here a few moments ago, said I had prayer cards A, E, and P, and M out. That makes 400 prayer cards out. So we want to pray for every one of them. But in order to do it, you can't take discernment on each one. But Brother Moore says, Brother Branham, some people have been taught of laying on hands, you just have to do it, that's all. So... I remember the longest prayer line I ever had in my life was in Phoenix, Arizona. Ten hours of it, I believe, wasn't it, brother? Ten hours going through the prayer line. Oh, my. I was so tired, I couldn't hardly walk for two or three days. And then at the Indian Reservation, I believe we started one afternoon, and the next morning around four o'clock, we got out. <laughs> First, they thought it was just the faith, but when they really seen it was the Lord, they come in. i never forget those nights up there. Some of them wet up around the waist where they've been wading the creek. Didn't go to forward. They just come on across, get their loved ones in to be prayed for. A memorial to my heart in the great realms of God's celestial beings beyond the river yonder. Someday I expect to meet him over there and sing the praises of God forever. Now, how many thinks would it be profitable to have a meeting like that? The people that you're sick and so forth. Just to bring them through the line and pray for them. Let's see your hands. This is the feeling of the audience. Raise your hands way up high now if you believe. Well, that's fine. That's good. Well, we'll do it that way tonight, the Lord willing. Speak and then call the prayer line. And we don't know what our Lord Jesus may do. He just may do it exceedingly abundantly. A few weeks ago at my tabernacle, just coming down there without discernments or anything, there's about 150 people lined up there for a prayer service. I just brought the people to the line, speaking with them and praying with them. And before they left the building, before they got outside the building, after being prayed for and had laying hands laid on, the ushers and them had, had introduced 16 outstanding miracles that took place from the time they were prayed for before they get out the door. Polio victims packing their braces, women that had stiff arms up over their heads praising God. I said, oh my... Maybe Brother Roberts is right after all of them. So, but Brother Roberts does it in his way, you know, and I, the way the Lord will provide. But now tonight for a little speaking. I like the Word, don't you? Oh, my, the Word is what we live by. Now, over in St. Matthew, the Gospel according to St. Matthews, and the 16th chapter, and beginning with the 15th verse, we read just a few lines here for our text. Won't keep you very long, and then we will start right off immediately then after this to lining up the sick and the afflicted and praying for them. 
And we trust. Now, before we do it, we want you to do this. When you come through the line, come through with all the faith that you can muster together that God's going to do it and you're going out of this building a well person. If thou canst believe, said the Lord. You know, Jesus only healed himself by vision. Is that right? How many knows that now to be the truth after it's been preached to you for all these days? He said, I do nothing of myself. Just what I see the Father doing, that I do also. But there were some blind men one time come down the street, and they were crying after him. And he, um, he didn't pay any attention to him. He went on in the house. And then the blind man came to him in the house, and crying after him yet. And he turned around to them. And I no vision now. If he'd had a vision, he'd have carried it out. But he didn't have a vision. So he said, You believe they were able to do this? They said, Yea, Lord. Then he touched their eyes with his fingers and said, Now, according to your faith, be it unto you. And in a few minutes, her eyes were open. He had nothing to do with it. Not one thing to do with it had the Lord Jesus. He said, Your faith. Is that right? It'll be to you just as you believe. The woman that touched his garment never even as much as he didn't even put his hands on her. See? The Roman centurion, he said, I'm not even worthy that you'd come under my roof. You just speak the word and it'll be so. That's where his faith lies. See? But Jairus, being a Jew, been taught laying on of hands and so forth. So he said, come lay your hands on my little girl. She's dying, but she'll live if you'll come lay your hands on her. And Jesus had to go all the way over, put his hands on her. But to the dying Gentile boy, he said, just speak the word and it'll be so. Just according to what you believe, see. Now, if you can look and live when you see the, hear the gospel preached on the basis of the word, that settles it. You're healed right there. But you cannot be healed by mental faith. You've got to be healed by real living faith from your heart. When No matter how much you're worked up up here, and no matter how much you disbelieve up here, if something down here tells you it's over, it's over. That's all. That's settled. There's no more fear at all. Nobody can tell you any different. You don't know why you believe it. It's not reason. It is faith. You just believe it, and that's the way it takes place. You believe it and go on, no matter what your sense knowledge would say. Be all out of reason. Is out of reason for Abraham and Sarah to have the baby, but they believed it anyhow. It's all out of reason for a man to stay alive in the belly of a whale, but he did anyhow. It's all out of reason for a man to raise one from the dead, but he did it anyhow. See? Yes, it is true. It's not reason, it's faith. Now... Let's speak a few moments on the Word, God willing. The 15th verse now, you to turn to the 16th chapter of St. Matthew. And he said unto them, But whom say ye that I am? And Simon Peter answered, said unto him, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered, said unto him, Blessed art thou, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood is not revealed this unto thee, but my Father which is in heaven. And I say unto thee that thou art Peter, upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let's bow our heads while we talk to the author of this word. Heavenly Father, 
after reading forth this word, knowing that it came from the sacred lips of the Son of God, as Matthew the scribe standing there pinning it down, just as he spoke it, then we would move with reverence, Father, to thee to ask that you would give us light on this scripture tonight. For we have tucked it as a text, not knowing just exactly where the first approach will even come. But just standing in the hall and feeling of this scripture, and here it comes. Now, Father, let the Holy Spirit take the word and give it out to every heart as we have need. Build faith in the hearts, Lord. Those who have never had faith yet to believe thee and accept thee, may they do it tonight and be saved. All the aliens that's away from God tonight, may they come humbly to the cross and be saved. May those without the Holy Spirit be born again tonight with the Holy Spirit. I pray, Father, that all the sick and the afflicted, every one will be healed this night. Get glory out of the service, for we commit ourselves to Thee for the operation of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. The scriptures tonight that we are referring to, and I see right now it's going to be a tussle if visions don't start breaking forth. <clears throat> you pray for me. <clears throat> I already see one right now, <laughs> moving right in. Now, the Lord Jesus, the Son of God, You want really to have that baby? You believe God will give you that baby that you're praying for? You're sterile, aren't you? You can't have a baby, but you're praying that God will give you one. Isn't that right, lady sitting there? You have a prayer card? You don't have a prayer card. You won't need it. You believe Jesus will give you the baby? And you shall have it. God bless you. Let's love him with all of our heart. I've never seen him fail, and you never will. Jesus of Nazareth here speaking. A little lady, before we get to it, the little lady sitting there, her face somehow just pulled me there, I guess it's the grace of God. Just there stood the light just above her, and it opened up and showed that she was praying for a baby. All right. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, is present in the building, you see. He's here. Don't you think that's the same gospel Paul preached while looking steadfast upon someone so I perceive that you? It's the faith once delivered to the saints. Now, Jesus had just been taken, Peter, James, and John, they went up in a mountain to show the coming of the Lord. He said, Some stand here shall not see death until they have seen the kingdom of God coming in power. He went up and showed them just what would take place in the mount. And when they did, the first thing they saw, Jesus glorified. That's the next thing the church will see here on earth, is a coming glorified Jesus. The next thing they seen was Moses and Elijah who appeared by the side of him. That will be to preach to the remnant of the Jews after the church has been raptured. And the next thing they saw was Jesus only, which was him coming again with to reign with us through the millennium. And what a beautiful picture. Coming down, he asked the question, Who does man say I, the Son of Man, am? One said, Thou art lies. The other said, Well, you're Moses. And some said, You're Jeremiah, so one of the prophets. 
He said, but who do you say I am? And this apostle Peter, just a fisherman, ignorant, unlearned, couldn't even sign his own name, we're taught. The Bible said he was both ignorant and unlearned. Would you think of it? Ignorant and unlearned man said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus turning quickly and said, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood not reveal this to you. In other words, Simon, you never learned that in any seminary. Flesh and blood is not revealed to you. You never taken anybody's word for it. But my Father, which is in heaven, has revealed this to you. And upon this rock I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, many theologians have, and brethren in here, you may disagree with this as a little scripture text tonight for a little sermonette like before the clock moves up to time to, to start the prayer line. We'll have to hurry because we've got many to be prayed for. But if you do, we're still our brethren. I'm just explaining what I think about it. Many people say that the Catholic Church believes that Peter was the one, or there was a rock there, that they built it up on a rock, the church. Some of them said it was on Peter, which was a small stone they built the church up on. And some said that Christ was speaking of himself that they built the church up on. Now, friendly, I disagree with both. I think what he said he built his church up on was a spiritual revelation sent from God. For he just said, flesh and blood has not revealed it to you. So it's a spiritual revealed truth of God. It's where I build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, let's look back in the very beginning, in the Garden of Eden, after they were taken out of the Garden of Eden, and the children was born, Cain and Abel. Both of those boys realized that they were mortal, they were dying, and burning down like a candle, and someday must return back to the dust and to the Maker that brought them forth, and they wanted to find favor with God. So they both come to worship. Here's a little point we might drop in right now, so that you'll truly understand. Now, I think that every person ought to belong to church somewhere. That's a duty for you. You should belong to church. But just belonging to church won't do the job. See? I think everybody ought to worship. Ought to worship the Lord Jesus Christ in the singleness of heart, purity of heart. But that just isn't enough. I believe every man ought to have faith in God, predominating faith in God. But yet, that isn't it yet. See? If going to church, belonging to church, paying tithes, Worshiping God and all these things that we do today call religion, God would be unjust to condemn Cain because he'd done every bit of it. Cain wasn't an infidel. Cain was a believer. Cain didn't come saying, I don't believe there is such a thing as God. Cain, Cain come as a believer. He is trying to find grace with God. And Cain built an altar. An altar is a church, a place of worship. Then Cain built an altar, and not only that, but Cain brought an offering and made a sacrifice. And not only that, but Cain worshipped the Lord. You see it? Uh, you could be belong to a church, go to the altar and pray, pay your duties and tithes to the church, make spiritual sacrifice, kneel on your knees, confess your faith in God, and still be lost. 
Let's go back to the beginning. Get on the right road first. See? Then you can run all right if you get on the right road. Now, there was two. Maybe Sunday I'll get into that a little deeper on Sunday afternoon, the true and false vines of God willing. Notice. But now, Abel, what was the difference if a man worships, if a man brings a sacrifice, if a man does all these things? Why wouldn't God receive him? Now, Cain, I don't believe that Cain willfully walked out there and got the fruits of the field, works of his hands, and brought it over because he, he just absolutely wanted to do it to be a smart aleck. I believe Cain come with a full heart, thinking he was doing right. Why was he trying to find favor with God? He was trying to find life again. He was trying to get back to the Garden of Eden again. Where the cherubims was. I imagine they went to the east side where the cherubim was guarding the tree of life. They were trying to get back. And a man with his, the destination of his soul hanging in the bowels, he ain't going up there to play church. He's going up there to worship. And with all of his heart, Cain said, I believe there is a God. And I'm coming to find favor with him. So he goes and gets the fruits of the field that he had raised, brought them up and laid them down, and perhaps put the big cow lilies and beautiful flowers around, and stepped back. Oh, we could have something to say here of that nature, like that. But he stepped back, knelt down, and raised up his hands and confessed his wrong and worshipped Jehovah. But Jehovah shook his head. No. Here comes Abel, perhaps with nothing pretty. Had a little old lamb and a grapevine tied around his neck. There was no hemp in that day. So I suppose he had a grapevine around his neck, dragging the little fellow and him, trying to pull back. Picked him up, throwed him up on the rock. They didn't have any knives. So he perhaps taken a piece of flint or something, pulled his little head back and chopped his little throat like that till he cut the juggler vein. The little fellow kicking, the blood spraying like that, holding his hand up on him till the little fellow died. God looked down and said, that's right, that's it. Now, the only way that boy could have ever did that and know that that was the right sacrifice, it had to be a spiritual revelation from God. That's exactly right. It's been every sense spiritual revealed truth. How God in His mercy, through the operation of the Holy Spirit, reveals spiritual truth. The Word itself. If you're trying to read it from some educational standpoint, you just read it like you was trying to figure out mathematically something. But if you read it after you have received Christ into your heart, it's a brand new book again. It's just a love story, God writing it to you. It's spiritual revealed. God's church is absolutely a spiritual revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. And no man can receive it by his own desire. Jesus said, no man can come to me except my Father draws him first. Is that right? It has to be a work of the Holy Spirit in the beginning to draw the person. And when the person comes to God by the Holy Spirit drawing, Jesus said, I will in no wise cast him out, give him everlasting life, raise him up at the last day. What a beautiful hope that gives the church. And now, friends, that's what I'm trying to get down simple. I'm not a, a teacher. I'm a very illiterate person. But what I, I do know to be basic truth, 
I know it worked in my case. It's worked in millions of others. It'll work in your case. If you could ever get yourself shut away from everything else, right down to the Word. There you can build steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the works of the Lord, not tossed about from here and there, trying every prayer line, running up and down the streets, this one, that one. You'll be stable. Lord, I believe it because you said so and that settles it. All demons out of torment couldn't shake you away from it. You know it. When God has once revealed it spiritually, placed it in your heart that Jesus Christ died at Calvary to heal you, you're a well. Amen. No need of coming through any prayer line, man. You're a well. Just like if every one time by the working of the Holy Spirit, God reveals to you that Jesus Christ died in your stead and it's Him knocking at your heart's door. Something happens down here in that little heart. It's over. You believe it? We have altar calls and bring people up around the altar. That's a, a good tradition of the church. But in the Bible time, as many as believed on the Lord, just accepted Him wherever He was. As many as believed was saved. No, had no altar calls. That first originated in the Methodist, around the early Methodist church coming to the altar. It's a good thing. We should never let it go. Keep it up. I think it's a good thing. Come out there. Pour your heart out before God. That's the way to do it. But really, that isn't what saves you. You can stay there at the altar and pray all night long. Cry. Walk up and down the altar. You can do every penance you could. You can sell everything you got and give to the poor. You could go on a fast for 40 days and get so so wore out from fasting till you just couldn't walk. It'll never do you any good until first you accept. That's it. It's your part. God did His part. Now you do your part. Just a simple thing of believing it. And when you believe it, that settles it forever. Now you can believe it mentally and you'll still guess at it. But when you believe from your heart once, that settles it forever. If God revealed to you tonight that you was going to be well, if there would be a thousand doctors visit tomorrow and pass by and every one of them pronounce you that you'd die 24 hours, you'd laugh in their face. That's right. Amen. That's where Christ builds His church. Upon this rock I'll build my church. Now, if you got saved just on emotions and you got saved because of some pathetic story if you got saved because a neighbor wanted you to come give your heart to Christ and go to the church and you got saved because somebody wanted you to, then I doubt that. But if you come sensibly, soberly upon the basis of the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ and down in your heart you accept Him as your personal Savior, all the devils out of hell couldn't shake you away from it. That's right. That's right. Notice when Abel offered his sacrifice, it was speaking, of course, of spiritual revelation that Abel had of the coming of the Lord Jesus. And that little lamb there, I want you to notice, as he laid the little fellow out there, chopping his little throat, and it kicking and bleeding in his little white wool, bathed all over with blood, bleeding, did you ever hear a lamb die? Very pitiful. What was it? 
He could not understand what it was saying. Certainly, it was speaking of our Lord Jesus Christ, wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquity, quivering, bleeding, dying, speaking in tongues on the cross when he went, hanging on the rock of ages, blood bathed all over him. Billy Sunday said there was an angel sitting in every tree saying, Lord, pull your hand loose and pour to us. We'll change this situation. The Jews said he saved others himself. He cannot save. Come down and do a miracle before us and we'll bleed you. That same old devil lives today. Come down and we'll believe you. They didn't realize this. Paid him the greatest compliment ever was paid him. If he saved himself, he couldn't save others. So he gave himself in order to save others. The greatest compliment he ever had and he, they didn't know it. God will make the enemy praise him. Yeah. Amen. Amen. How beautiful to see the spiritual revelation of the Word of God. Job, we spoke of him a few nights ago. The oldest book in the Bible, the patriarch Job, noted for his patience, endurance. He that endureth to the end. Job noted for his endurance, holding out in the face of opposition. His neighbor's coming around saying, See, you got some sickness now. You've been sinning secretly. Job said, No, I haven't. I've confessed all my sins and made a burnt offering, and I haven't sinned secretly. Oh, yes, you have. You sinned secretly. But God was dealing with a saint there. Every son that cometh to God must first be child raised. Spanked a little. Let things go contrary. You ever have it? All that cannot bear those things are illegitimate children, not the children of God. If a man's ever son in his heart, knowing Jesus raised for his justification, accepted the same on the basis of the blood and the word, put trials upon him, nothing can separate us from the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. Amen. Those who he has called... He has justified those that He has justified. He has already glorified. Yeah. And in the presence of God, when you accept Christ as your Savior, there's a chair set for you at the wedding supper. Oh. Amen. Hey. I like that. Yeah. Stick your feet under the table at the wedding supper and eat the supper with the Lamb. Oh. Amen. Now, Job and his talking... He was all in his theology. The blood of the sheep wasn't enough to satisfy him. Couldn't reveal it to him. God had turned his back upon him. He was sitting out there scraping his boils. All, everything was gone. Job couldn't understand it. He said, I know God's not unjust, but why am I this away? And Satan poking everything at him to get him to curse God. Job didn't know that. But yet his faith held out. And after a while, when a messenger came, L.I.U. and began to speak to him, he spoke these words, I know my Redeemer liveth. What was it? A spiritual revelation come to him. I know my Redeemer liveth, and at the last days he'll stand upon the earth, though the skin worms destroys his body, yet in my flesh shall I see God. Spiritual revelation of the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That's where God's built His church every time. The only place He can build it. 
was upon the spiritual revealed truth of God. Job had it. I want you to notice, every man that ever has the spiritual revealed truth of the will of God makes preparation for the fulfilling. I hope that goes way down deep tonight, way down on the fifth rib on the left side. Notice, if it's ever revealed to you that God's going to heal you, you just get ready for it, that's all. Amen. Spiritual revealed truth. Job knew that God was going to do something. He's going to send a Redeemer. Notice, let's take it for a few moments. Job Knowing that someday, he watched the little old seed right away. He said, I watch a seed when it goes into the ground. The flower gives up the spirit, goes down into the ground. The winters come, freeze, rot the little seed away. But in the springtime, it resurrects again. He said, a wind comes and blows down a tree and takes it away. Yet through the stump that's in the ground, it comes forth and buds, brings another tree. But man layeth down, yea, giveth up the ghost, he wastes away, his sons come to mourn, he perceiveth not, and, or he never comes back. What's the matter with that? So oh, that you'd keep me in the grave, hide me in the secret place till our wrath be passed. And then, see, he was reasoning it all out, trying to knowledge, sense reasoning, that all of a sudden God to any just man, to any man that's come God's provided way, of escape from sickness. Job was trying to get away from his sickness. Then he knew he was going to die. He said, now if I go into the dust, how am I ever coming from there? I've never seen one come forth. I see all the seeds and everything going to the earth, all the types. He was a typologist. He said, but man layeth down and worse he. Then God's under obligation to reveal it. So then without the scriptures, God gave Job a revelation of the coming of the Son of God. Then when Job stood up in the lightning's flash, the thunder's roar, he said that in the last days that he would see his Redeemer. Notice, he made preparations for that too. Now, let's read between the lines just a little. You willing? Say amen. Let's look between the lines. Job, watch how he specified where his burying place was. Along came many other the prophets. We'll take, for instance, Abraham, Sarah, the sweethearts of the Bible. And when Abraham come along loving Sarah, when she died, he just didn't bear her anywhere. He had a spiritual revelation of something, the same thing Job had. So he goes over near the grave where Job was buried and purchased a piece of ground. Right in Palestine, and buried Sarah there. He wouldn't take a gift to him. He'd give so many shelkets of silver and made a testimony that he had bought this for a burying place. Amen. Make it ready for something. You see it? He buried Sarah there. And years later, when Abraham died, he went and was buried with Sarah. Abraham begot Isaac, and when Isaac died, he was buried with Abraham. Isaac begot Jacob, and Jacob died way down in Egypt, way out of the country, way out of the promised land. But he remembered a spiritual man. He said, come here, my son Joseph, Joseph a prophet. He said, put 
your hands on my thigh. For one night in a wrestle with the Holy Spirit, He crippled me and I've walked different ever since. So put your hand upon here where the Holy Spirit put His hand and swear to me by the God of Abraham that you'll not bury me down here. Wonder why? What difference does it make? Where he is buried, he was a prophet. He had a spiritual revelation. <laughs> so don't bury me down here. But as soon as I'm gone, I'll be gathered with my people. Take me back up into the promised land and bury me up there. Joseph said, I swear. So when he took Isaac, his father, and buried him back at the ceremony, right with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Job, all the patriarchs back up there in those days, then Joseph, when he grew old, and when it come time for him to die, he had a spiritual revelation. He said, don't bury me down here in Egypt, but just put me in a box. For someday the Lord will visit you. And when you go out, take my bones with you and bury them up there in the promised land. wonder why. What Joseph was to Israel as a standing sign, Christ is to the church today. Every poor Israelite with his back beaten stripes, one of the taskmasters walked by that old lead coffin. I suppose put my hand on it here a few years ago in a museum. And a coffin of Joseph was supposed to lay in, made out of lead down in Egypt. And there, in this leaded coffin, the bones of the prophet, every Israelite walking by her looked over and said, Someday we're going out. The prophet has said so. And someday those bones will be packed over into the other land and we'll go with them over to the homeland. And that's the hope of every Christian today as Joseph was a type laying in the tomb. Christ is the type out of the tomb. Resurrection. You see? I remember after losing my wife Billy, a little bitty fellow, about like that. I was kind of popping Mama both to him. Walk at nighttime. We were poor. I had just an old one room we were living in. I'd take a little fellow to the neighbors daytime while I was working as a lineman, trying to pay off the bills and so forth, and us to eat. I didn't, couldn't afford fire all night long, so I'd take his little Coca-Cola bottle. He'd break the others, drop them. I couldn't afford to buy those hygiene bottles, so I got him a Coca-Cola bottle. Put the little cap over the top of it, and at nighttime I put it under my head, let it lay against my body, and my heat in my body would keep his bottle warm. And when he raised up at nighttime and go to cry, and I'd stick the bottle in his mouth, he had warm milk. And daytime I carried under my arm here on my coat when we were out. We've been buddies. Remember one evening after she was gone, just before his little sister was born. Just smothering. I was taking her. Used to walk up and down by the old oak tree out there. Never forget it. Come into house. She just barely is breathing. Hardly. She was smothering so bad. About a year after she's gone, I couldn't get over it. Hardly. I had Billy in my arms, and he's crying for his mommy, and he didn't have no mommy to go to. I was walking back and forth up and down that same little path through the backyard. And he said, Daddy, where is my mother? And I said, Honey, she's gone up to heaven. And I tried to choke it back to keep him from crying. 
He said, well, I see her again. I said, yes, sweetheart, you'll see him again, patting him like that. And he had his little head over my shoulder, and he nodded his little head up again. He said, Daddy, Daddy. I said, what, honey? He said, I see my mommy right up there on that cloud. Oh, my. Like to kill me. What was it? Maybe God. I don't know. I can't say. But anyhow, one day later... We went to the grave on Easter morning with a little Easter flower and his little sister and mother, sister laying on his mother's arm. We buried her out there. I remember the day when the minister looked at me, Brother Smith, looked over and tears running down his cheeks. He picked up the clouds of dirt, said ashes to ashes and dust to dust and hear him bouncing on that casket. Oh, my. And about that time, the wind whistled down through them old pine trees, seemed to say, there's the land beyond the river. We only reached that shore by faith degree. One by one we gained the portal there to dwell with the immortal. Someday they'll ring those golden bells for you and me. Yeah. I was going down to the grave. He had a little pot of flowers in his hands. It was about breaking day. And I took off my hat as I neared the grave. The little fellow started crying, kind of chugging at himself. I put my arm around him. He said, Daddy, is Mommy down there? Could we dig her up just a minute and talk to her? And my little sister Sharon there, I said, let's set the flower down, honey. I put the flower down, put my arm around him. I said, honey boy, the remains of the earthly journey lays there. But way across the sea, or towards the rising of the sun, there's an empty tomb this morning. They were in him. Some glorious day we'll see him again. Pulled him up to my bosom and prayed. Why? There's an empty tomb, Yonder, that says that someday I'll see her again. Yeah. Someday we'll meet again. My, how did those old Hebrews look into that casket and see those bones and know that someday they'd go out of there? Then when Moses come to take the children of Israel back to the promised land, he gathered up the bones of Joseph and took them before him. And took them back over to Palestine and buried them in Palestine. I wonder why. Spiritual revelation. Look, those prophets knew that the first fruits of the resurrection would come out of Palestine. Not out of Egypt. Palestine. The resurrection wasn't coming to Egypt. It was coming to Palestine. That's the reason they want to be buried in Palestine. And that's the reason not I say, bury me in Jesus. For those that are in Jesus, will God bring with him at the second coming? No matter what the world's got to say about it, let me be dead and buried in Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Spiritual revelation. Call me holy or fanatic, anything you want to. As long as I'm buried in Christ, our life is hitting God through Christ. Sealed by the Holy Ghost. That sounds it for me. All pressed to get into it. There's a great dark chamber sitting out there before every one of us. Every time our heart beats, we're going one beat closer to it. Some of these days we've got to enter in. And when I come to the end of the road, I don't want to go like a coward. I want to wrap myself in the robes of His righteousness. Going in with this, knowing that I know Him in the power of His resurrection, that when He comes again, He'll call me from among the dead. That's the hope of every believer. That's it. 
knowing him in the power of his resurrection, said Paul, that when he calls, I'll come out from among the dead. Be buried in Christ, dead to the world. Alive in Christ, looking for things above heavenly things, where Christ sets at the right hand of the majesty. Ever living to make intercessions upon our confession. We go forward in faith than conquering. You see it? Spiritual revelation. I think of that, how that prophet foresaw that resurrection yonder 4,000 years before it took place. Let's see if they were disappointed and believed in God upon the spiritual revealed truth. Jesus came in due season, born of a virgin, come in the way of a stable door and went out through capital punishment. When he died at Calvary, that day on Golgotha, hanging on the cross, the heavens give its light away, and the earth quivered and shook. And when Jesus died, the whole world recognized that was the death of the Son of God. Yeah. Here some time ago, you readers that reads the Reader's Digest, I got so many messages from preachers. The shame that ministers can't understand. They said when Miss Pepper, you know, that great medium, that they give her about 12 pages, and they wrote in there and said they tried her for the past 40 or 50 years. Little old housewife fell into a trance one day, and she talked to the dead. You Reader's Digest, I believe October, uh, about two years ago or three, how that we've got it somewhere, I haven't got it with me, I think Brother Baxter has it at the time. And then how that they took her and would change her clothes, send her over to Egypt or somewhere, bring a Frenchman down and call for a certain person, be disguised, and she'd pull up the dead person and talk to the same voice and everything the dead person did that went on. So they said, it's truly, there's a whole lot of bogus, whole lot of make-beliefs of mediums and spiritualists, but there's one that they couldn't upset. Someone said to me, do you believe that? Yes, sir. The Bible teaches that there is such things. The witch of Endor, it's the devil. Right. But she's got a lot of impersonators. Not long ago, they proved in the police court where a great judge of a city was supposed to have touched his ghostly mother's hands in a meeting and proved the next morning it wasn't nothing but a fake with a piece of cheesecloth. But he didn't touch her hand. But what is that? That's some money-making scheme trying to impersonate that real spiritualist. And as they have it in that side, so do we have it on this side, trying to impersonate a real Christian. Make-believers. Amen. Notice, someone then, about a year later, you read the Reader's Digest of my meeting in California, down there at the campgrounds, when they brought that little Donnie Martin. Many of you have read it, no doubt. From Donnie Martin, the miracle, when they brought him down out of Canada to give a wonderful ride-up, how he come to the platform, little fellow twisted all out of condition. And how, said the evangelist, never asked one question, but looked straight at the child and told him where he come from, how he'd been to Mayo Brothers and turned down and everything, and just exactly how the outcome of the child would be, and it was just exactly word by word. So then here come preachers sending letters in, said, Brother Bama always kind of doubted. I believe now you are spiritless. A man of God that don't know no better than that. I just wrote a letter. 
out a, a regular circular letter and said, why is it? Why, when Jesus was here, was it the same thing? Exactly. They don't understand. The impersonation, everything the devil has, he confident all for Christ. That only makes a real one better. Look, if you picked up a bogus dollar, it goes to show there's a real dollar somewhere. Now, how would you do if you got a bogus dollar? The first thing you'd pick it up and feel the value of it. A real dollar is not made out of paper together. It's a silk affair. A real dollar isn't made on regular paper. Feel the value of it. Now take what she did, and then what the Holy Spirit does in the meeting. Then what she did, she's had nearly 50 years of service, and not one time was God ever mentioned, or Christ ever mentioned, or healing ever mentioned, salvation ever mentioned, eternal punishment ever mentioned. It's all about some kind of Tommy rot that some dead man who lived years ago with somebody else in the places they went and things. Not no value to it at all. Shows it was bogus. Another thing. The best thing to do with a dollar, take the letters off of it, the numbers, and send back to the mint and find out whether there's something to correspond with it at the mint or not. Is that right? Well, that's the way to do it. Take the scripture and find out which is which. The mint will prove what it is. Is that right? Amen. Oh, here's what it is, friends. If you'll give me just a moment's time and help me to uh, pray for me. I mean, as I don't mean to say I'll show you. I, I can't do that. I can only explain the way of it. God has to show it to you. Say, here is a line like this. And in here lives all morals. On this side or that side, men are influenced by one side. This side comes from God. This side comes from the devil. Now, let's just take it a great conglomeration of blackness and gaiety and fucking sin and divisiveness of this world. Every once in a while, you'll see a little white spot. That's a Christian, like a light. Now, those that are in darkness are influenced from beneath. Those that are lights are influenced from above. Now, when you leave either one of these channels, you go into the realm of spirit. This is the mortal realm, the dimensions that we live in. Now, if you go this way, listen close. If you go this way, the first dimension is the spirits of the dead. Peter spoke of it. In prison that repented not the long suffering of the days of Noah, the wicked, unregenerated man, when he dies, his spirit goes into this realm. The next realm below that is demons. The next realm below that is hell. I'm giving you a parable so you see it. Now, what happened to that woman? She broke into that realm to the people that absolutely are dead in sin and trespasses. And that's all they know about is the way the tree leans, that's the way it falls. And there she broke into that realm talking to the spirits of the dead. Now, going this way, the first thing is the spirit of a man that died and rose again. Christ the Holy Spirit. That's what influences the believer going upward. The next is angelic beings. The next is heaven itself. The third heavens. Amen. Oh, my. I see something. Notice, when Jesus died down at Calvary for a propitiation for our sins, he died not a just man, but a sinner. Not of his own, but mine, your sins. 
sent him to the regions of the lost. And I can see him when he died down on Calvary, hanging between the malefactors, crying, My God, why has thou forsaken me? And when he gave up the ghost and bowed his head, his spirit went and preached to the spirits that were in prison, that repented not in the long-suffering of the days of Noah. The Scripture says so. I can see him go up to the regions of the lost, to the door. And he opened the door. They began screaming and wailing. Those souls that repented not, he said, You had Enoch? I am he. That Enoch had a spiritual revelation of him. I am he that was preached before the Antilogian world. The Lord shall descend with ten thousands of his saints. I'm the virgin-born Son of God. And I've died at Calvary to redeem the lost. Why didn't you accept Enoch's message under the burnt offering? And the door was closed with a weeping and howling and gnashing of teeth. On down below demons, he got to the very door of hell. Knocked at the door. The devil opened the door and said, Well, you finally arrived, did you? said, I thought I had you when I killed Abel. I thought I had you when I threw the Hebrew children in the fiery furnace. I was positive I had you when I beheaded John. But after all, you arrived. I can hear him say, Satan, I just took the key and gave it to the apostle Peter for the kingdom of heaven, but I come down to get the keys of death and hell. And you're going to give them up. I can see him reach over there. He said, but wait a minute, wait a minute. There's a sin proposition, remember? I caused Eve to sin. But he said, just a minute. I am the virgin-born Son of God. The price has been paid. My blood still went on Calvary's cross. You can't bluff the people anymore. I come to take over. Amen. See, he reached over there, jerked the keys off of his side, hang them on his own side. Getting near daylight, he's going back. And he just starts up, remember, there's some more people. At the height of Revelation, Job, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, all those in paradise couldn't go into the presence of His Majesty because the blood of bulls and goats wouldn't take away sin. It only covered it. But now they can go. The real sacrifice, the very predominating Son of the Living God, the Son of the Morning, had come and died. And the blood of God Himself had paid the price. Hallelujah. Oh, I feel religious. Notice. I can see him knock at the door. Abraham and Sarah sitting back in there, Job and all of them, saying, you know, I grew some tough place up on earth a while ago. I can hear him knock at the door. And he opened up the door. Abraham said, Sarah, looky here. Here he is. Here's the lamb that's been slain from the foundation of the world. I can hear Daniel look out there and say, wait a minute. That's the stone I've seen cut out of the mountain with I can hear Ezekiel say, I saw him like clouds under his feet when he was coming. I can hear Job say, I know my Redeemer liveth and there he stands. Hallelujah. The patriarchs and prophets are answering to him. I hear him say, get ready, children. You died under good faith. You come God's provided way 
and I've made a way now. You're going back to receive your immortal bodies. Just a few minutes, it's going to be daylight, and we've got to appear on earth. I hear Abraham say, Master, can we make a little whistle stop? I'd like to look around the old city and see how it looks. Daniel said, I'd like to go out saw the visions. He said, sure. I'm going to be there for several days, talking to my disciples, instructing them concerning the things of the kingdom of God. I've got to anoint them, and the Holy Spirit's are coming, telling them to preach the gospel and heal the sick to all the world. Daylight came. The angels rolled the stone away. A great mysterious something happened. I can see Kansas is walking down the street and say, you know that story they're telling about that man raised from the dead? I hear they say he come right into a, a building last night and talked to the disciples and so forth. I see Sarah and Abraham, sweethearts, never to be old no more. Arm in arm walking down the street and I hear Abraham say, Sarah, darling, look at that old place. You remember that? Yeah, I remember it. Well, I remember when I met Melchizedek right out there, the king of Salem. <laughs> Paid him a tithe of all the spoils. Kevin said, who is that young couple? Looks like I see them. Watch out, Sarah. We're being noticed. Disappeared like Christ did coming through the walls. Glorified body. After 40 days, he pulled his disciples out there and blessed them and said, go into all the world and preach this gospel. I'm coming back again. I'll be with you always until the end of the world. He started up taking the Old Testament saints with him as he went up, up behind the moon, on beyond the stars. All beyond the sun. The Old Testament saints followed him. The Bible said he led captive, captive, give gifts unto man. I can see him going beyond angels and archangels, following into the spheres and spaces. Coming to the side of the new Jerusalem. I can hear the Old Testament saints acquainted with David's prophecy said, Lift up ye everlasting gates and be ye lifted up, and let the King of glory come in. I hear the angels behind said, Who is this King of glory? The Old Testament said, The Lord of hosts, mighty in battle. The angel pressed the button and the gates lifted up. Jesus and the Old Testament saints walked right down to the city of Jerusalem. The conqueror, all the saints that followed him, walked up to the throne and presented him, said, Here they are, Father. He said, Climb up on my throne and set here at my right hand, I'll make every enemy your footstool. Hallelujah. People who had spiritual revelation, believing on the word of God, Believing that Jesus would come. He did come. They believe the same thing today. That He's coming again. We got a spiritual revelation that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His power is here now. His spirit is here now. His healing is here now. His salvation is here now. Everything that we have need of is right here now. The Holy Ghost moving over the building right here now. Would save every sinner, baptize every believer, heal every sick person. Upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell can't prevail against it. Amen. Oh my, I feel like preaching. Look, I see the clock's getting away. Got a big prayer line ahead. But oh, don't you believe that God revealing Himself to the human heart, spiritual revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Shall we pray as we bow our heads? Our Heavenly Father, as we thank today of that wonderful Lord Jesus, how He came a bleeding sacrifice, 
became the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. How those Old Testament saints are looking now. Without us, they're not perfect. So they're depending on us to believe God's Word. I believe it is written in the Scriptures that if they lay hands on the sick, they shall recover. That spiritual revealed truth of the Word of God. I believe it's inspired. And I accept it the same way upon those bases. I pray, Father, that you'll heal every person that's in here tonight that's sick and has need. Grant it, Lord. Bless all those who are out of the way tonight that doesn't know you, hasn't this hope in them, it's never been revealed to them yet that Jesus, the Son of God, loves them and is going to, to save them if they'll only accept him and be born again. Grant it, Lord. Get the way where the man, way-fearing man, yet never has come in to be washed, separated by the water, the washing of the water by the word. Maybe tonight that your spirit has spoke to him in a mysterious way, said, child of weakness, come tonight. Come and be saved. I stand with outstretched arms, ready, willing, and waiting to save the lost. Making the unkind kindly. Grant it, Lord, while we ask it in his name. And while we have our heads bowed, I wonder if there's one in the building tonight outside of Christ would raise their hands and say, Somehow another God, in my heart right now, I'm believing that the story of the Lord Jesus is the truth. I raise my hand to accept him. Would you raise your hand to God? God bless you, young man. God bless you, lady. God bless you, sir. God bless you back there, lady, the Spanish lady. Somewhere else, say, uh, God bless you, young lady back here. And a lady over here in the corner, I see you. God bless you, sir. I see the elderly man with his hand up. God bless you, lady. I see you, the elderly lady. God bless this man here, the elderly man with his hand up. God bless you, lady. I see you up here. That's wonderful. Up in the balcony to the right. God bless you, sir. God bless you, little lady. Someone else on the right-hand side. God bless you, sir. I see your hand. Someone else. I now want to receive the Lord Jesus. God bless you, boys. I see you. God bless you, young man. I see you. Back to the balcony, to the left, right quick. Whole row of them. Yes, God bless you, 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 and you. All along. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. You come on. God bless you, sir. Someone else? Someone else raise your hand. God bless you, young lady. God bless you, young man. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you, sir. And you, sister, the singer. Oh, sinner, come home. God bless you that you hear. God bless your heart. Come home, come home. What do you have to do? Come believe and accept. Believe by faith. Are you saved? That's your grace. Not a word lest any man should boast. Come believing, accept. All you have to do is raise your hand and say, Father, just remember me. You'll do it.
Spirit of God reveal to you tonight that the end time is near. God bless you, brother. I see your hand. The end time is near. The scientific world says the end of the world is in sight. Don't know just what hour. What if every person in here knows that in the morning there wouldn't even be a sprig of a palm tree left in the city? Some of these big laboratories out here would have to let loose some of that atom to scream around the world on the radio screen, but it's just too far. Nothing but dust left everywhere. You're gone. Thousand years maybe from the night the winds are blowing, howling across a barren world, your tombstone may come out of the dust, your name on it, but where's your soul? Remember, you're going to be somewhere. There was a time when you was nothing or nowhere, but there never will be a time to watch you be something or somewhere. All you have to do is just surrender yourself and raise your hand and say, Lord, this is my token to you. I come by raising my hand. Is there another before we pray? We got a big prayer line. God bless you, Dad. I see your hand. God be merciful to you over here, brother. God be merciful to you back there, brother. Way over to my left, I see your hands also. Anywhere around. God bless you little boys up there. I see the little fellows put up their hands. You know, a little child is something. God's speaking to their little heart. God bless the man here, the little Spanish brother with his hand up. The elderly man sitting right back behind. God bless you, sir. Peace and pardon waits for you. It's got to be yours the minute you believe it. Up in the balcony, yes. God bless you up there. I see you, honey. And someone, God bless this man sitting here. My brother, upon the basis of God's word and the shed blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, from the depths of your heart, I believe you got your hands up, you have an eternal life and can never perish. Brought into a full realization of the Lord Jesus Christ as personal Savior. You can't desire that. God has to make it come to you. Just think, someone sitting, the Holy Spirit says, this is your time to put up your hand. And then you would reject it. See? That's the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, no man can come to me unless the Father draws me. And all that, what is drawing? Now, at your door, say, this is it. This is it. Raise your hand now, I say. And you say, oh, I don't want to. Oh, my. Then on that day, you'll say, oh, I don't want to. You'll say, I don't want to. Come tonight. Upon. Look, friends. I don't know when the Lord Jesus is coming. But there's many of us sitting here tonight. This time next year, our bodies may be molded out here in the grave. These young ladies and young men sitting here tonight, they be beautiful right in their young age. Six weeks in the day of being molded and rotten under the grave. Maybe without God, without Christ, without hope, died and gone to eternity. When right tonight the Holy Spirit wants to save you. Wants you to receive it. I know this one thing. There's a day coming just as sure as we're sitting here we have to, that every person in here will be gone. I've got to stand with you then when the judgment comes up. The Holy Spirit will say, what did you do that night? I'll say, Lord, the best I could. Under my ignorance, I, I tried to preach to them, tell them that there's a revelation of God that had to come. And many of them raised their hand, Father. He knows every one of you, and he's got your name written down. Oh, how happy you'll be. We'll put our arms around one another and rejoice, for you have accepted him. Is there another before praying now? All right, shall we bow our heads now? Reverently and quietly. Souls coming to the Lord. All right, where you're sitting, you would raise your hand, and you maybe that didn't. Just imagine what God said now. 
He said, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life. Shall not perish, but got everlasting life. Never come into condemnation no more. You've done passed out of death. Christ setting you free right now from the sin and death. Because you're believing him. You believe his word. Now, Father, into thy hand I commit every person here. Those who raise their hands have accepted you. Dear Lord, I know that from their heart, if they're coming to thee upon the basis of the shed blood of thy Son, the Lord Jesus, Father, dear, your word said that you would accept them. And I believe they're every one accepted right now. I thank you for them, Father. And I love them. And I, as your servant, give them to you, that the Holy Spirit may fill their life and guide them through this journey, and give them journey and mercy, the best that you can give them, Father, from your heavenly, bountiful blessing, someday in a better land. May I meet each and every one, saved, washed in the blood of the Lamb, and we'll sit down and talk it all over them. Until then, may your Holy Spirit guide each one, for we ask it in his name. Amen. I like that, sister. Keep that up. We have heard of the land on the faraway strand. How many knows? Does anybody know that song? I think that's one of the most beautiful songs. I can't sing it. I sure like it. I think it's a beautiful song. The heart of the land on the faraway strand. It's a spit where we'll never grow. How many knows it? Now raise your hand. Would you come here, Brother Tracy, just a moment? Leave that course for us for those who've been saved. Never grow old. All right. There's a view on the somebody right sitting next to you now and say praise the Lord neighbor we're so glad that you're here God bless you welcome those who have set their hands up in the air to accept the Lord Jesus oh my wonderful oh don't you just like a meeting like this it just makes you settle down feeling real good your heart nothing upsets you nothing just feel in love with everybody isn't that wonderful? 
just think the Holy Spirit's here now, the guide us and direct us. How many of you raise your hands? Would raise your hands again and say, but this thing, oh, I feel so much better now. Raise your hands. Oh, just love. Let's say praise the Lord forever. That's wonderful. Now, surely, he'll heal our sick and afflicted tonight morning. Now, it's just time to start the line. Now, let's see. I've got a little ticket here. Now, it was a prayer line. We'll see how many we can line up here. Now, who has prayer cards number A? Get all the A's. That was the first one to give out. Will the A's line up right here first, and Prayer cards A. Line up over here to the right. Yeah. Uh, perhaps maybe if you go plumb to the wall over there, the boy says. You come right through here, it'll make it better. Those with prayer card A. Now, if we'll get the ministers here as ushers, or the ushers, rather, uh, we'll go down and get the prayer cards lined up. Just the prayer card A first. And we'll get to others as we can. Oh, my. Yes, yes. Yes, Let's sing that song, will you, together? Now, come on. Only be. Chase is laying right here while I'm calling the next number. I'll come down and pray for them right here, whether they got cards or not. And it's all the stretchers and wheelchair cases right here now. They won't have to bring them up on the platform. Just right here. The cripples and so forth, they can't walk over the platform. And right here. And we'll... Now, have we got the prayer cards? They line up against the wall over there, friends, if you will. Right over that way so they can get to them. Now, while they're getting them over, I want to ask you something. How many believe that Jesus Christ made these statements? These signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils, speak with new tongues, take up serpents, drink other things that are harmless, and if they lay their hands on the sick, they shall recover. Is that the scripture? All right. Now we believe then if we are pray the prayer of faith. And we'll ask God. God's obligated to His Word, isn't He? He's obligated to His Word. Now, I'm doing this tonight, friends, because I have people that even, it's the most pathetic thing. While they're lining up, I want to tell you a little something. Brother Moore here was with me in Finland not long ago. I've seen a little girl that's bringing me in with soldiers. They've been a little boy raised from the dead. I told you all about your Phoenix before it happened, two years before it ever happened, and it was going to happen. And this little boy had been raised from the dead. And I tell you, they were standing up and down the streets, and you couldn't even get near the places. And some soldiers is bringing me, and I come to a little old dormitory of a place there, come into the building that was already singing for me. And there was a little Finnish girl stepped out. She had a, a brace on her leg because she couldn't move her leg. 
and it was a great big thing around her, a belt over it, hitched in her toe, and the way she'd move with her two crutches to set it out and pull her little shoulder, and that strap would pull her foot out, and she didn't have no use of that limb, so the brace around her would catch her, and she would walk that way. Poor little ragged thing, her little skirts hanging ragged, her little hair all chopped up. And I come to find out she's a little Finnish war orphan. Her mother and father had been killed in the war. And when she come out of the ladies' dormitory there, she looked and she thought she'd done something wrong. The child bowed her little head and looked up through that little ragged hair. And I thought, that little thing wants to come to me. And I stood there a little bit and the soldiers tried to push me on. I just stood there. And they, I couldn't speak to them because all finished. And that little girl, I knew she wanted to come. So I looked over at her, and I motioned to her like this. And as she come over there, these little crutches on her arm, they picture of it in the book. And so she started putting her little crutches out. Now I just let that child come, and I just stood, and she come like this. See, she got right up to where I was. And she reached down and got a hold of my coat and kissed the pocket of my coat. She backed off these little crutches and pulled her little skirt out and said, Keep it. That means thank you, I think. Like that. She looked up, and her little lips are quivering like that. The tears running out of her little baby blue eyes. And she said, Jesus, oh my, my heart would break nearly. And I looked, and I thought, I said, God bless you, honey. You can't hear what I'm saying, but may he heal your little body. And as I looked up like that, now her respect, not to me, but to God. See, you can only approach God through... Well, they approached it through the brass serpent, they approached it through the prophets, they approached it through the apostles, they approached it through preachers, and see, through an instrument. So he, that little girl, when I was looking at her, trying to talk to her, I looked and I seen a vision coming this way, and there the child was without a brace or anything, going walking. Now, I couldn't get it to her, I couldn't tell her. And the soldiers pushed me on, and Brother Baxter come and got me. He was there, I believe, that night, Brother Moore. And then when we went out on the stage... And so we began to pray for the sick and the Holy Spirit, speak to the people back in there. Couldn't even talk, talk their language, tell them who they was, where they was from, what was wrong. Just the two or three things like that, and they just piled up braces and crutches and things and walked away. Just simple believers. Then they started taking me out of the line. I said, let me have just a few more. And by God's providence, that child was the next one to come up on the platform. And when she came, I said to the Mrs. Isaac interpreter, I said, now you just say what I say. And I said, sweetheart... God rewarded your faith out there. He healed you out there. You go back over your hand, take the braces off of you, come back and show us. I began to pray for another in a few minutes when the man got the braces off of her and the big shoe and all these braces. Here she come across the platform, running as hard as she could, the braces up over her head, just rejoicing. Why? Did I heal her? No, sir. What healed her? Her reverence and reproach to the Word of God. That was just exactly. If I'd have been the biggest hypocrite in the world, God would have honored that child's faith anyhow. But she had seen so many things done. The poor little thing, that she believed if she could get that close to you, it would be done. Look, you said that scripture, preacher? Yes, sir. I remember in the Bible, they laid in the shadow of a fisherman. And just this shadow passing over them, because he was God's servant. He stood right in the audience and said to Ananias, Sapphira, and so forth, and they knew he was God's servant. And just the shadow of that apostle passed over him, everyone was made hell whole. Is that right? Certainly is scripture. Now, while we're praying now, that every one of you now, if you come across the platform, of course, you know it can't take 10, 15 minutes to the person, I'm going to pray what I can, my dear brother. Just think, what if that was my mother standing there? What if it was my wife? What if it was my baby? What if it was my brother or father? I want somebody to be real sincere about it. 
And now, if somebody's mother and father and wife and so forth, if somebody, and God will hold me just as responsible. See? So it must be in deep reverence and sincerity. So the only thing I can do, friends, take just one at a time, sing them out here. He might tell you the reason why or something like that. But make your confession now. Tell God that you'll do everything. You'll live for him and believe that when you come across here, you fulfill what he said. You lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. And when you do, as soon as now listen to everyone, when you pass by here, not because this is just a contact place for you, when you leave off here, go off and say, Thank you, Lord Jesus, and settle forever. Believe it in your heart. Come by. Just don't come by to touch a totem pole or something. But come by believing it on the basis of the Word of God that you've accepted it. And I'm laying hands upon you on the basis of the Word of God that He said to it. Then you've got to get healed, haven't you? If you believe. Now, prayer card, the next one is E. How many have prayer card E? Raise up your hand. Now, go over or go back and come around and line up down here. Prayer card E. And while you're going up there, let's all come here, Brother Tracy, and say, only believe. I want to pray for this stretcher tape and so forth. No.
somebody's all right. Bring the sick and the sick now. Just say praise the Lord. Everybody pray. Just remain with your hands up praying for a few minutes while these people come to the line. Pray that they'll get healed. Come on, people. Let's pray.
people seeing their faces laugh. 